All right. There we go. So we're doing a series, DIY, all right? We are realizing that we cannot stay where we are. I'm not talking about on this corner. I'm talking about our lives. We have come to grips with this fact. We cannot look back. We don't want to look back three years from now and see that we are the same spiritual person we were today. We, we don't want to do that. We don't want, we want to get off the Gerber, all right, and head for the, the, the Swansons and head for the, you know, uh, TV dinners. And then we want to get off the TV dinners and we want to head for the, the, the restaurants, the, the Fazoli's, all right, and the Culver's. And then we want to get off the Fazoli's and the Culver's and we want to head for the Outback, all right, for the Bella Note. We want to move up in our spiritual journey and the food that we're taking in. So I'm teaching you to do it yourself. DIY. And we have done, how does this keep switching on me? We have done, all right, teach me to pray. We have done, uh, teach me to read and study the Bible. We have done, teach me to fast. We've learned about how to turn fasting into feasting. And we're in a section now that all rolls together, all right, in teach me to go and teach me to make. Now, I thought that I was going to do teach me to go last week and teach me to make this week. Well, there's a problem. I got halfway through teach me to make and realized that there's more to teach me to make. And if I tried to do it all today, we would be here till dinner and nobody wants to listen to me till dinner. So we're going to teach me to make one and teach me to make again. All right. And the reason we're going to do that is because of a problem that I've taught you in the past. But we're going to look at the good side of that problem this week. All right. And then we're going to look at how to stop that problem next week. And here it is. We have, as good old Baptists, we have gone ye therefore, and we have made converts. We've gone ye therefore, and we have made converts. And listen, that has got to happen. We want saved people, all right? The problem is we get a whole lot of saved people out there who are still on baby food or not here anymore because they got tired of baby food. Whole lot of converts, not a lot of church folk. Why? Because we didn't do make part two. You cannot have, you cannot have a mission last week. You cannot go until you understand what it is you are going for, all right? And you are going to create converts, to see people saved, and then make disciples. That is why we do what we do, all right? Missions, evangelism, discipleship. You go, you obey, you serve, all right? Then you evangelize today and disciple next week. Both teach me to make. Here is the call. Here is the call. And it is plain and simple. Our sovereign God, our sovereign all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our sovereign God has given a very specific call. He was, he was clear. He was clear. Here's what he said. All authority in heaven, all right, where we're headed, and on earth, where we are, aliens and strangers in this world, sent here for a purpose to get people from here to there, go, 
and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey, to follow everything I have commanded, and I will be with you. Now, last week we did talk about one very specific thing. Missions has one aim. You don't decide to go until you know why to go. And converts isn't the why. Getting to go to New Orleans or Guatemala isn't the why. Getting to see orphans or sharing money, all good things, but they are not the why. Learning cultures and being opposite of, of what we are here, learning selflessness instead of selfishness, is, they're all good things, but they're not the aim. The aim of going, the aim of obedience, the aim of serving in, in, in the little school, in the loft, or in Latvia, the aim is simple. Bring glory to God. John Piper says it this way from last week. The chief end of God is to glorify himself and enjoy himself forever. And we are made in his image. So the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That is the purpose. And I want to say something here that's going to be confusing, but it shouldn't. When we get finished today, it is a good thing that we desire, most of us in this room, we desire for the God that we serve and the God that we praise and the God that we love to influence how we do things out there. So we want to sing praises and hear a good message so that maybe, just maybe, while I'm at the ball game next week, I will not say words that I shouldn't say. Or I will be kind uh, to the kid who doesn't do as well as I thought. Or I will treat the cashier with respect. Or I will honor God with my work. We want here to influence there. That is a good thing. But what if? Rather than this, influencing all the things that are important to us. What if all of the things God allows us to have and do we're our way of influencing the thing that is most important. Instead of God influencing what you think you need to do with your money, what if you were so caught up and so tied up and so passionate and so center-focused on the fact that the only thing you are called to do is glorify God and that which you are called to do in glorifying God is to go and make disciples? What if everything you did, what if you played ball to glorify God? What if you made money so that you could glorify God? What if you owned a house so that you can glorify God? What if you treated your daughter or your son the way you treat them in order to glorify God? What if everything that you did was all about glorifying God. Well, Craig, what about the bills? You don't have to worry about the bills. If you're doing what God has called you to do, he promises his eye is on the sparrow. He watches over you. He knows every hair on your head. If the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. All of those things pass away. If we're full, if, if we believe, well, Craig, I believe. I hear, I hear you. But God has given us a specific call. So none of you, nobody in this room wants me to ask you to stand up and share with us how many people you told about Jesus this week. Well, Craig, that's not fair. A sovereign God has given us a specific call. So I know what I'm supposed to do. Yes. Have you done it? No. Here's where we are. Now, 
Let's see if we can't create the why. I'm going to boil all of our reasonings down to the one that matters. We're in a culture that is about making sure we don't offend anyone. We're in a culture that is about making sure that there's way more peace than there is calamity or, or confrontation. We, why can't we all just get along? And now that I'm here in church, I want to make sure that I, that I stand when I'm supposed to stand, sing when I'm supposed to sing, put my hands up when I'm supposed to put my hands up, wear the right clothes, and, and act the right way. I, I, want, I want to do all of those things. But listen, Craig, let's be real. Who am I? Who am I to go up to the guy in line at the Walmart? Who am I <coughs> to go to the orphan in Kenya? Who am I to go to my boss. Who am I to tell them that, um, yeah, there's, there's this God. And, and yeah, you know, I haven't seen it, but I read that he uh, parted an ocean. And I haven't seen it, but I, I read that the bush burned without burning. And the, the donkey talked and the axe head floated. And the temple was rebuilt. And blind men saw and lame men walked. And I'd like to tell you all these things. And I know you haven't seen them. And I know I haven't seen them. But the thing is, I need to tell you about it. Because, um, um, well, if, if uh, you don't believe it, um, you're going to hell. Craig, who am I to tell John or Larry or Cindy or Sue that if they don't think like I think, they get hell and I don't? I mean, let's get real. Isn't that the stupidest, most arrogant thing ever? Come on, church. It helps to lay under this slide, doesn't it? It's a little bit, it gives you a little bit of comfort, doesn't it, to lay under this slide? Yes. Craig, actually, it does sound that conceited. Hold on. Paul said the same thing. The greatest missionary outside of Jesus to ever walk the planet, he said, he said the same thing. He said, in fact, I pity us. If... I put all of my hope in Jesus. And if Jesus was just a man, and if Jesus didn't die on the cross, and if none of it's true, then it is absolutely the most arrogant, most disgusting, most cynically ridiculous thing ever. Here's how Paul put it. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is our faith. Turn again. Thank you. More than that, we are then found <coughs> to be false witnesses, uh, having testified that he raised from the dead. But if he did not raise, and if he's not raised, if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, the faith is futile. And then it jumps to 18. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Everybody who came before us was stupid. And if this is all we hope for, we are people to be most pitied. Listen, 
If none of this is true, it is the stupidest thing ever. Call it what it is. But if it's true, if he was real, if he came from heaven to earth, if he walked on the water, calmed to the sea, said, follow me, ate the fish, drank from the cup, sat at the table, died on the cross, rose again. If it's true. Can I ask you a question? If we knew there was a man, if we all knew there was a man in Montana, who had the cure for cancer. Unparalleled, unquestioned, cure for cancer. And stayed in his cabin and told no one. How would we all feel about that man? Especially if you had cancer. Well, if you sin, you die. If you die, you go to hell. I have the answer for that. I don't think I'll tell anyone. See, the problem with it being the opposite of the most arrogant thing ever is it's the greatest responsibility ever. The problem is it should be impossible to believe the story and not tell the story. Do you hear me, church? It should be impossible to have this happen in your life. It should be impossible to understand that the God who saved came to earth to save you and me, sinners who don't deserve it. It should be impossible for that not to pour out of our mouth. It should fill us up in such a way that it should overflow from within us and that we should desire that nobody have to enter into misery, enter into hopelessness, enter into darkness, go through the gates of hell. It should be impossible not to tell. I don't know how he could sit in a cabin in the woods and not save millions. And I don't know how we sit in the pews in the churches and let thousands die. It should be impossible not to tell the story. Well, Craig, I'll give you one excuse and I'm going to take it away in the next 15 minutes. You have one excuse if you have one. I don't know how. Well, let's get started. You want to use scripture? Let's use scripture. Write it down. Memorize it. Four verses. All you need. It's called the Roman Road. Why? Because all the verses are in Romans. It's a great name. I don't know why they didn't call it the Habakkuk Road. Romans 3.23. Maybe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody is a massive screw-up. That's what it says. Everybody is a massive screw-up. 6.23, for the wages of sin 
is death. There is a payment for screwing up. But the gift of God is life. Woo! If you sin, you die. And there's a huge but. I like big butts. I cannot lie. You're welcome. This one will save your life. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is life. Woo! But God demonstrates his love for us, Romans 5, 8, in this. While we were still sinning, Christ died. So there is a gift. What is it? Jesus on the cross, death and resurrection. Then, if you confess or declare with your mouth, he is Lord, I believe he is who he says he is. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. It is with the heart you are justified because your heart turns. It changes. He does that. And you profess it through your lips. Here's the key. Did you hear it? It should be impossible to believe the story and not tell the story. If it's in your heart, the Bible says what happens. It comes out your lips. Hard question. Is it coming out your lips? What's that say about your heart? Not me. It's right there. You want to have some fun? Craig, I can't memorize the Bible. I'm just not smart like you and can't stand there and tell everybody in 323, 6.35, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you can if you want to. But if you don't want to, let's do it like this. Let's do it like this. Everybody put your hands up like this. Everybody put your hands in the air. Now wave them. Like you just, okay. Here we go. You can tell somebody about Jesus with these. I'm going to teach you how right now. All right? You've got, the, you've got your fingers, all right? One, thumbs up. When you say something up, somebody did what? something what? Something good. All right, this is the good news, okay? This is the good news. What is this finger? What's it called? The pointer. When do you point? When you're pointing at someone, you did it. It's an accusation. Your pointer finger accuses. But what did mom say when you point at someone? You got three people pointed back. Remember that thing for all have sinned? You're guilty and so am I. All have sinned. We're all accused and we're all guilty. What's this finger? Be careful. What's this finger? We're guilty, but... What's this look like? Ah, what's it look like? On a hill, there is two crosses and one higher in the center. The middle finger, the central focus of your whole talk from this finger to this finger is right there. Jesus died. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. Everybody sins, but he died for our sins. And then you have to what? What's this finger? Which symbolizes what? Covenant with whom? Your bride. You have to enter into a permanent relationship. With whom? Jesus Christ. How do you do it? With a small, pinky, tiny step of faith. With the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. For it is by grace you are saved. Through faith, it is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. The good news is that we're all sinners, but Christ died for us, and if we have a relationship with him through faith, we are saved. You can do it with your hands. You want more? Who's got a piece of paper? Right here, right now. Somebody pull a piece of paper out. Any size, any 
regular old piece of paper. I'm coming for it. Preston's got it. Here we go. Walking off the camera. People who are watching this online, don't worry about it. Right here. Preston's got this. Teenagers, you have seen this. All right? Bev's back here going, I know this one. All you need is a piece of paper. When I was in the ninth grade, I did this with a Starbucks, or Starbucks, Starburst wrapper. It was very tiny, but I did it. It would be cooler if I had one of those old felt boards where this would stick up, but you'll get the picture. All you need to tell the gospel story is simply a piece of paper that you can get from anyone, anywhere. There was a man. He was going this way. He was whistling. He was joyful. He was happy. He had a sparkle in his eye and a spring in his step. If you're old enough to remember, that is the Spearmint Gum commercial, all right? Anyway, Wrigley's. He's going this way. He's excited. He's got his ticket in his hand. He is happy, and he is headed for heaven. There was a gentleman headed the other way, and eventually they were going to meet. The man headed the other way was not as happy, was not as sparkly, because he was heading, well, the other way. So he stops, and he says, why are you so excited? I'm headed to heaven. I got my ticket. I'm on my way there. Now hear me out. When you're on your way, it's a little late to be telling somebody else. Once that time comes, it's over for you telling anyone else. But in this particular story, the happy guy is going one way. The sad guy's going the other. The happy guy's got a ticket. The sad guy doesn't. So the sad guy says, hey, can you give me part of your ticket? And the happy guy said, well, it doesn't work that way. And the sad guy said, well, can we try? And the happy guy said, it doesn't work that way. And the Sad guy said, can we try? So the happy guy actually tears his ticket to heaven. And then the happy guy started to go on his way, and the sad guy looked at what he had, and he looked at what he had, and he's like, yours is bigger. And the happy guy said, it doesn't work that way. And the sad guy said, can we try? So the happy guy said, fine. And he tore his ticket once more. The happy guy, ticket in his pocket, started whistling and heading that way. This guy picked up all of the stuff, started running that way. Woohoo! Jumping up and down, clicking his heels together. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen, got my ticket, or got that guy's ticket anyway. Doesn't work that way. Why? How do we know? Because he came back about 30 minutes later. And he said, they wouldn't let me in. And the man with the ticket said, I knew they would not. And he said, but you said you had the ticket to heaven. And he said, that I, he said, I do. I, I, I do have the ticket to heaven. I'm going to need a child a child. No, she can't read. Too young. She's too young. Um, um, one of the G boys. Come down here. So he says, all of these things you've been doing. Yeah, come down here. I just need your help for a second. I see, he said, all of these things you've been doing, those things you were chasing in the world, those things you wanted to do on your own when, when people were telling you about Jesus and you ignored them, those things, they will get you one place and one place only. What's that say? No, say it loud. You get to do that in church. It's really fun. Pull your mask down and say it real loud. <laughs> He's scared. Hell! All right, that's all I needed. They can't see it. I just needed you to read it and wanted to give you a chance to say hell in church. And the man looks at it and the tear starts rolling down his face because he knew it was true. And he looked back up, he said, I thought you said you had the ticket. And the guy said, oh, I do. There's only one way to get to heaven. And so all you need is a piece of paper or your hands or four verses to tell the story. But I want you to listen. And I want you to listen very close. I can teach you how to do all of these things and more. 
And you're probably wondering why I haven't. Greg, why didn't you show me that before? Teenagers, I did. Pay attention. Listen to me. There's a new, there's a new initiative out. There's a new initiative out right now through the association and over the state. It's called G-T-E-H. Capital G, capital T, capital E, capital H. It's called the Gospel to Every Home. And their goal is to reach every home with the gospel. And that's awesome. I, that's awesome. And they visited me once, and there's been three meetings, and I haven't gone to any of them. Miss Davidson's like, you're going to have to explain that, preacher. Did anybody hear me say I didn't think it was a good idea to get the gospel to every home? I think it's a fantastic idea. I think they're missing the mark. And I think if we think paper's going to do it, we're missing the mark too. If you think your t-shirt's going to do it, you're missing the mark too. If you think just the Roman road's going to do it, you're missing the mark too. Ask Jamie, who is now in insurance, or her boss, who was here in the first service. Ask anybody. Ask Stephen. Ask anybody who's ever been in sales how it, how it works to cold call. About one out of 25 to 30, if you're good. If you're good. All right? Jamie can tell you, she's called, she's written, she's called, she's written. And in February, she went and visited somebody, loved on them. They asked her to come back later. She called them in the middle of the year. She called them back and asked if she could bring donuts. She started building a relationship with that person, walked in there last Friday and made one visit and sold 42 policies because she built what? See, I'm just not about knocking on doors anymore. I am not a Jehovah's Witness, and I don't sell vacuums. But from the overflow of my heart ought be the joy of a life changed. And people that sit at my table, and people that work in my office, and people that see me on vacation, and people that see me in restaurants, and people that see me when they work on me, and people that I see when I work on them, ought to see something different about me. And eventually, they're going to want to know what that is. Then, grab your paper. Because now, the door's open. You don't even have to knock. We wanted to start an initiative this summer. We had it written on the whiteboard. We knew what we were going to do. We were going to get you to do it. It was going to be amazing. And then the COVID. All that means is, wrong time. We're still going to do it. We're going to do it with you. You're going to do it. Uh, we'll talk more about it in six months. But here is the best way to evangelize people. You don't need my preaching. You don't need my lessons. I will give them to you. But you do not need them. Glory to God happens when a sinner becomes a saint. Glory to God happens when the lost becomes found. Glory to God happens when death becomes life and the gates of hell are closed and the gates of heaven bust wide open. That is the greatest glory to God there is. And when it happens to you, tell the story. Tell the story like the woman at the well who went from hooker to holy because she met Jesus. And she went and she said, come meet a man that knows everything about me and loves me anyway. And people followed her. 
that's your story. Come and meet the man that knows everything about me and loves me the same and wants to hold me forever. Everybody wants to meet that guy. Tell your story. That is the best evangelistic advice I can give you. Let Jesus change your life and then tell your story. What did Jesus do for you? Teach me to go and tell the story, which is the beginning of how we make. I love you. Let's pray. God, my prayer right now is that if the transformation hasn't taken place in one heart here this morning, if there is one heart or life that is uncertain, if they're going to heaven or hell, that is uncertain if they have Jesus in their heart, if they're uncertain that they've slipped on the ring, that they are the bride of Christ, that they are in a relationship with Jesus. My prayer first, God, is that they would see Steve, that they would see me, that they would see someone in their family, that they would see Preston or Cy, and they would say, help me to know. Tell me the story and help me get in a relationship with Jesus so that he is glorified and I can share it with the world. We have a specific call from a sovereign God, and my prayer is that we all find it and then we all tell it. I pray that hearts are changed and that mouths runneth over. In Jesus' name, amen.